Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about the Lonely Island classic, Palm Springs. This is a kind of high concept, time loop, romantic comedy that was picked up at Sundance for a record amount of money by Hulu and is now out. For free on Hulu. I mean, of course, you have to pay for your subscription, but, you know, you're not buying tickets to it or anything like that. So you definitely should go check it out. It is a great little movie. Um, Really one of the better things that's come out this year in this very strange movie year. And speaking of movie years, every year is an awesome movie year. And joining me today is one of the co-hosts of the Awesome Movie Year podcast, Jason Harris. He's been on the show before. He's back. We're happy to have him. And also, speaking of Awesome Movie Year, uh, they just started, or actually as of the time this goes up, they didn't just start. It's starting on Wednesday next week. They're about to start. There you go. I'm in a time loop myself here, guys. Uh, They're about to start Season 5 on the films of 1977. So make sure to subscribe to Awesome Movie Year. We've got a lot of great episodes coming your way on that podcast as well. And also, you know, we've got a few of you out there that are supporting our Patreon, patreon.com slash by David Rosen, if you want to go check it out. It's a Patreon for all things produced by me, including piecing it together, of course, as well as Awesome Movie Year, All Rice, No Beans, and my music. And I recently kind of remodeled it, made it a lot nicer. There's a lot more stuff there to check out. So definitely, if you haven't yet checked out the Patreon, go check it out now. Uh, But as of now, the first ever Awesome Movie Year bonus advance episodes are up on that Patreon as well. They are a couple of bonus episodes for the year 1996, which was their most recent season. Uh, Included our Waiting for Guffman, which is... Honestly, one of the funniest movies ever. And Space Jam, a movie that was uh, requested by many, many people during the run of 1996 on the show, and we finally caved and did it for better or for worse. So check out the Patreon. As always, make sure to subscribe to Piecing It Together wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, share us and rate and review it wherever you want to rate and review it. So this is a little bit of a longer intro than usual. So I'm going to shut up and get to our conversation about Palm Springs. 
All right, joining me today, coming back to the show, I, I know for him it feels like it's been forever, it's our good buddy Jason Harris from Awesome Movie Year. How's it going, Jason? Hey, Dave, doing fine. Uh, guys, just chill out. I know you're sending a lot of hate mail to Dave for not having mm-hmm. me on more, but but he's trying, you know, let's give him a chance, so... How are you, Dave? I have to set up email filters to uh, block it all out, because otherwise I wouldn't, I'd be missing my mailing lists. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. <laughs> I am excited to talk about this movie. I think it's going to be a really fun one to talk about. Palm Springs, a a Lonely Island classics uh, feature. One of the many classics from Lonely mm-hmm. Island. Probably, um, you know, I do like this Lonely Island classics. Maybe we'll we'll move more into that realm of weird strange indies and maybe you have some other lonely island pictures on your uh lists here i don't know for your your puzzle pieces dave possibly i guess we'll see as we get into them but uh you know before we start getting into pieces i i do want to ask you i've been asking my guests lately it's kind of a new thing uh what made them want to cover this one with me i obviously this being a comedy and i know you're a big comedy guy is that the main thing that stood out with you for this one is being lonely island and all that well i don't think it was that i think it the comedy's part of it but i do like this like resurgence of rom-coms we're seeing on streamers mm-hmm. uh, i know dave how we all we all know how you feel about the streamers but look romantic comedies at a more let's say not even an independent level but at a lower budget level even in mainstream seems to have died a few years ago and then major comebacks with um hulu and netflix and i'm so glad this genre is revived because i think that's where stuff that we grew up with stuff like before sunrise you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. that that means so much like to our development as movie fans, that's where these things would live now. So um, I'm glad I'm really excited that this genre has really kind of exploded on the streamers. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And while I I'm not going to get into the fact that I think the majority of the romantic comedies on streaming I've seen have, you know, left a little bit to be desired. Uh, still, this is one of the good ones for sure. And I think let's get into some puzzle pieces, and we might as well, just to get it out of the way, let's just go with the Groundhog's Day and uh, talk about that for a second. Well, that that's the end of my list. Okay, we're, we're <laughs> no. done? Finished? No, that's of course. Groundhog Day, of all the time loop movies, probably mm-hmm. is the best one. Like, you know, a lot of people consider it a perfect movie. Script Notes did a whole breakdown on it, if you ever listened to that podcast, which is great for screenwriters. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's Bill Murray at his best, right? And just reliving that day and all the things that come with it. And, you know, when he has that knowledge that he's going to be reliving the day the way he replays it. Ned, Ned Ryerson, you know, <laughs> like how classic is that stuff? Yeah, no, it's 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 the best of the genre, right? I mean, that's yeah. the, the ideal time loop comedy. And uh, I mean, I watched it again a few years ago and it still holds up. It's great. It's unavoidable to talk about when you're talking about any time loop movie, like really like uh, whether whether the movie leans into the comedy, the romance, the horror, whatever it is, that's always going to come up in one of these kind of movies because it really did just kind of I, I don't know if it came up with it. I'm sure there's probably something that preceded it, but it certainly perfected it if it didn't come up with it on its own. 
Yeah, on my uh, pieces, I, I have an older film that I don't even know if you've ever seen, but it's it's more time travel than time loop. But mm. yes, I agree with you that Groundhog's Day is the ideal time loop movie. And and honestly, like, just an awesome comedy movie. It's a great it film. It is. Absolute all-timer, for sure. Uh, if, if we ever get to 93 on... Uh, awesome movie or I'm sure we'll be doing it. I think so. I think that would yeah. be one, even if we didn't have any, any, I mean, that might be your personal pick or mine or whoever, but that would be one that like when we did in 1989 and we kind of said, Hey, are we missing anything seminal from the year? And we, and we said, do the right thing we have to cover. I think that's how much groundhog day means to the comedy genre. So. For sure. For sure. Well, what do, what do you got for your next puzzle piece? Well, I mean, I, since I already alluded to it, let me go with a, 1962 French film that wasn't really a feature, but wasn't necessarily a short. It's kind of in between. Uh, if you've studied film history, you might have seen it in class or you know whatever. But it's a seminal film in uh, regards to filmmaking. Is uh, Christopher Marker's La Jete? Mm-hmm. If you've seen Twelve Monkeys, that's what Twelve Monkeys is based on. Okay, and I think it's. I want to even call it proto French new wave, like right before the French new wave broke big, but it's this like very dark, bleak, desolate, um, t- apocalyptic tale after world war three. And like the government is trying to work on time travel and they send this prisoner back and forth throughout time. And he has a romance in the past and then they're going to kill him in the present. And then the future people say they're going to save him. Like, so there, there, there are all these kind of interesting pieces that go along with it. It's an amazing movie, and it's all stills and uh, narrated over stills. But, um, but yeah, like you know the the way that uh, Palm Springs, without um, spoiling it, you you might see some creatures from the past in there, you know, and everything. Sure. And um, they talk about the quantum physics of if uh, of time travel and and how one would escape it. So. I think I don't think you could talk about any time travel movies without uh without going all the way back to La Jete. Uh guessing you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. No, it sounds much heavier uh in tone <laughs> to say the least, but but uh yeah, it, it sounds like it like th- that's where it came from. The 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 time travel, the time loop kind of kind of idea. Yeah, it's heavy. It's definitely not a rom-com, buddy. But there yeah. is there are romantic <laughs> elements in there, and it's just an amazing film. And like I haven't looked up uh, what it's available on, but um, mm-hmm. it's totally I highly recommend it. Well, I only have one other time loop movie on my list. Otherwise, I was going to shy away from loop movies. Uh, but I did want to bring up Happy Death Day to You specifically, the sequel, because and you know, spoiler alert for. Everything we talk about on this show, we will be getting into spoilers. But uh, in order to to escape the loop, our our main character in this movie, uh, Sarah, she ends up using her time, her unlimited time, to learn physics and come up with a plan to get out of the loop. And that is kind of what happens in Happy Death Day to You as well, where our main character decides to go on a big studying montage to learn physics and uh, figure out some kind of a plan. I mean, if you're going to steal, steal from the best, baby. I, I never saw Happy Death Day to you. But <laughs> I know it's movie. got, I know people like it. So no. I guess there are, how many other ways can you break a time loop, right? There, yeah. In this movie, like you said, you they talked about Groundhog's Day. You have to live the perfect day or 
um, what is it? So yeah, you're going to be repeating tropes in there. Exactly. There's no way to escape it. You either, it's one or the other, really, when it comes down to it. But uh, what do you got for your next piece? Okay, Dave, I'm surprised this isn't on your list because I know you're such a fan of his, but uh, Ryan Johnson's Looper. I considered including it, but I I did not. Uh, But absolutely one of the great looping movies. And and I think that's why I put it on there, not necessarily because it reminded me of anything, you know, uh, other than Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme, but um, (laughs) which is not on the list, but should be on every list for any type of movie. But uh, no, I I put Looper on there because of all the time loop movies. in the last decade, that's probably my favorite. Um, sure. And yeah, I think um, like probably I know Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis have done a lot of stuff since then. But like, was that the height for both of them? I kind of feel like it was. And, and he kind of disappeared for a while, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, after that until 7500, which was our last week's episode. But yeah, no. And I think another another good comparison to Looper is the fact that both movies kind of exist in a way where they're already assuming we know what a time loop movie is. Like they just jump right in without feeling the need to like, you know, fully, fully explain it. Like they can kind of have a little bit of a shorthand involved. I think that's a good point. And I kind of like the way they handle it in Palm Springs where Andy Samberg, as character is explaining to uh, the Sarah character that you mentioned, like, you know, it's one of those time loop things. There's no way <laughs> out of it. And so this is it, you know, that type of thing. So yeah. I have Looper. I, I agree with you. I didn't do all time loop movies. I do have a couple of other time loop things on there. But uh, but mm-hmm. I'm glad yours is an all time loop stuff. So that that's my second uh, piece there. Awesome. Well, I'll go to my next piece. And... This one really has a lot more to do with the Andy Samberg character himself, Niles. Um, From living in this time loop for we don't know how long, but it seems like it's been many, many years, possibly decades, he has developed a kind of uh, a happy-go-lucky version of nihilism where he just doesn't really seem to care about anything anymore, which I find kind of endearing and reminded me of a particular line from Mike Judge's movie Office Space where uh, the, the, the one co-worker asks our, our main character, what did he do this weekend? He didn't come into work. And he says, I did nothing. I did absolutely nothing. And it was everything that I thought it could be. I, I think that line encapsulates uh, the, the feeling of this character who has just resigned himself to a life of just hanging out and doing nothing and being okay with that. And I love that. I mean, I love office space. I'm going to disagree with you on this one, though, because he does do different things on each day, whether it's trying to mess up the wedding speech or make the perfect wedding speech. And we know he slept with all these women. He's Mm -hmm. resigned himself that he's not getting out of this time loop, but he does do different things on it. He never does nothing, as a matter of fact. Well, I I feel like we're catching up with him at the point where he's kind of, for the most part, lost interest in that stuff. And maybe he'll throw in a little, a little odd day here and there, but for the most part, I think he just sits around and drinks. All right. All right. Uh, I, we're going <laughs> to agree to disagree on there. So, okay. <laughs> so I have a TV show that I, I wanted to recommend, and I think it's one of the best shows out probably last year. And it is the one time loop TV show I had on there. Uh, 
which is Russian Doll, Natasha Leone's show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And man, do they do a great job in like really exploring this time loop genre and all the things that could go right and wrong. And um, I know they're going to make another season, but if they didn't, that would have been fine because it has a perfect ending. And hmm. it, it's almost like a perfect show. Like they did such a good job. Like I'm clearly excited to see what they're going to do again. But um, had they never done any more, um, that would have been fine. Have you watched Russian Doll? I haven't. I always wanted to. I love Natasha Leone, and I've heard great things about it. Strangely enough, I didn't even know it was a time loop show until I was reading reviews of Palm Springs, and they brought it up, <laughs> which I, I had no idea what it was about. Well, interesting point that uh, my my awesome movie, your co-host Josh Bell, told me when mm. we were talking about um, Palm Springs. Did you know that the original script had no time loop in there? I actually did see that. I, I saw that his main inspiration in the first draft was leaving Las Vegas. Right. Which could have been, uh, well, which, uh, I guess if you were just going for like a drunk guy, who's trying to throw away his life, which sure. was kind of what you were saying on the, on your last pick there. Although, you know, in office space, this is remnants, right? So, um, yeah. So maybe that's what makes it a lonely Island classic. Let's take this rom-com in time. Luby, bro. There you go. It's nice and nice way to uh, to look at it. Hey, watch Russian Doll though; it's great. I should, I absolutely should. All right, I'll go to my next piece, and this one is a kind of a darker piece. Uh, it, it's a 2016 kind of high concept sci-fi called Passengers. Did you see this movie? That's the uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt one. That's right. I haven't, but I know it has. It's developing a cult following, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't need to spoil the the specific reason why I'm using this as a puzzle piece, but what I will say, though, is the idea of this high-concept uh, sci-fi-based idea and just the thought that perhaps the main character isn't giving the other character, the love interest, all of the information that they don't have, I think it, it, it kind of sets things up in a very creepy way if you think about it too much and don't go into it as a romantic comedy. If you kind of let your mind drift to all the things that maybe he's leaving out is where it kind of gets a little bit creepy. And that was, I feel in, in, in a weird way, was, was a complaint with Passengers, whereas with Palm Springs, I feel like is almost something that people are enjoying about the movie in a way. I think that's fair, and I think I know what you're talking about in the Passengers movie, even because I've seen maybe parts of it or have discussed it before. But um, I do think one thing that you're touching on in Palm Springs, which is kind of funny, when I watched it, um, we watched like the first 45 minutes and then took a little break because, you know, that's how old people do things. Even though (laughs) I'm not old, I watch movies like an old person. Uh, I'm just middle-aged, guys. Um, But... It's very interesting because we almost broke it directly and like the whole first half of the movie is like, okay, we've set it up and now we're in the action. And then like once you come back, like literally at that midpoint, it's like, okay, here's 80 things that are going to happen in a row that just heighten, 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 heighten in the second half of the movie. And that they really, really capture a momentum of stacking. Um, and, sure. uh, and it, and it works. And if it didn't work, the movie crumbles. Right. But it, it right. did work. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much world that they build up in that one location in that small amount of characters. It's uh it's, it's a very cool, a uh, very cool structure for for a movie. They really, uh, really put it together really well, I think. Um, so what do you got for your next piece? 
Okay, I got one more of the time travel type things, and then we're going to move on uh, from that. But um, I put this one on there because it's so weird. Um, mm-hmm. It's Shane Carruth's Primer. Okay. Do, do you know it? I saw it once a long, long time ago. It's been forever. I think if I watched it again, I still wouldn't understand it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's like this kind of like totally average dude who like figures out how to time travel in his garage, use it, and like not all the details are there, but like he does move throughout time and space, and uh, it's very weird. And I think I just put it on there because like if we're gonna deep dive this, you know, these pieces, like. Let's pick something super offbeat and see see where that goes. So Shane Carruth's primer, uh, I would watch it again and probably still wouldn't understand it. Right. Yeah, I, I like the idea that Andy Samberg's character kind of has a grasp of what's going on, but not really. You know, it's like he, he has just enough to be able to kind of... Uh, fill in a few blanks for his new friends, but that's about it. Right. He accepts it, but doesn't really ever do anything to change it. Yeah. That's, I feel like, how I would be, probably. Um, <laughs> well, I got one more piece, uh, and this one a uh, little bit kind of connects mostly to the ending, I think, but but to to the uh, the love story itself. And uh, that is the Michelle Gondry uh, film, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And the idea that these two characters, they know from their time in this loop that they're going to continue to get on each other's nerves and drive each other crazy, but they're going to just continue anyway because they like each other. Um, is There's a huge parallel to the ending of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, another uh, sci-fi romantic comedy kind of thing, even though it's much darker than that. But uh, it, we're left in a place where these two people have been through so much, but there's such a connection there that they're they're going to try again. You know, I lo- obviously we all love that movie, right? But uh, sure. and, and if you don't, then you know, check yourself. No, but that ending is interesting because, um, I think when you compare it, you know, like it's this acceptance of, uh, uh, an inevitable failure. And Mm -hmm. in Palm Springs, we don't know that the failure is going to be inevitable, but we know they need to do something and they need to do it together. So I think that's a good, um, that's an interesting one. Good, good pick, Dave. So. That that inevitable failure comes from the Charlie Kaufmanness of the uh, the story. I know, <laughs> I know. Right. Did you yeah. did you finish his book there, Dave? I'm about 400 pages in right now, uh, and it's 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 insane. I I'm loving it. Real surprise, <laughs> Dave. Real surprise. So, <laughs> so what do you got next? So that was your last one. Yes, absolutely. Well, okay, I'll run off a few things then. Okay, so okay. one thing I wanted to do was kind of think of Andy Samberg. And um, he's not a big movie star. He's a big TV star. But he's done some cool movies, right? So mm-hmm. one I wanted to throw out there was another kind of indie rom-com piece that he did uh, with Rashida Jones, Jesse and Celeste Forever, uh, which is a cool movie where they're like best friends. And then they always talk about dating. Maybe they are. They used to be a couple. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I think they used to be a couple stayed best friends. Broke mm-hmm. up and then, you know, but still stayed best friends. And then he kind of, uh, he gets his new girlfriend pregnant and that changes everything, you know? And I like this movie a lot. And I love that a lot of it is from her point of view. So, um, recommend that movie. 
I, I find it interesting that he seems to be pretty interested in like these kind of traditional genres, the rom-coms, the like, like just silly, like broad comedies and stuff like that versus going as weird as maybe Lonely Island would uh, suggest. I think what they're doing is trying to like, you know, chip away at the genre and, and find a different way in or a different sure. way to present it. And, you know, none of them are quote unquote, like really traditional rom-coms right in this one we're time looping and the one i just mentioned it's a the a buddy movie that dealt with a romance and now it's the moving on of that life Mm -hmm. so but if we were going to pick something traditional i thought of uh the if i'm not mistaken was jk simmons and andy samberg were both in i love you man the movie with Jason Siegel, correct? So That's right. I, I think you're right. I think they were both in that. Yeah, where Simmons played his dad and Andy Samberg uh was the gay brother. Um mm-hmm. and um Simmons was uh, very very supportive in uh, wanting his son to uh let his freak flag fly so to speak. So uh, JK Simmons I, is a treasure, man. He He's really so is. Good. Uh, yeah, he is, and I love that movie. So that was a quick one that I wanted to bring up just because those two work together, I think. For sure. But I do have one more piece, like big piece, that we should talk about. And I think I mentioned it on our top ten lists at the end of last year mm-hmm. uh, or the year before. Who who knows? Time like a loop has all run together now, Dave. So. Yeah, nothing makes sense anymore. So at the beginning of the episode, you asked me my interest I said I was so happy that the rom-com genre has come back so heavily on streamers. And Mm -hmm. you had said that some of them leave something to be desired, which is fine. But one of them that I think is a home run is the Hulu movie uh, Plus One, which is a great romantic comedy that all takes place at weddings. It's about two characters who always end up at the same weddings. They get the same invites, so they say, well, why don't we just be each other's dates because finding a date is so difficult and they're always a pain in the ass at these weddings. So now we see this whole progression of their relationship from friendship to romance to breakup to you can probably figure out how it ends, but it all sure. takes place at different weddings over, um, you know, a year long period. Plus one awesome movie could be an awesome movie year. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't seen it, but it sounded really fun. And it's kind of funny that that whole structure of going to all the different weddings kind of lends itself so much to the time loop structure of this movie. That's yeah, great. yeah. This one, they just go to the same one each time, right? But uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I love I love that structure. I love the idea of a structure where you're really only seeing, um, okay, now we're at an event and we're not going to know everything that happened to these characters until the next event and you have to fill in some of the blanks because what you're seeing is just how they're acting uh in regards to each other so you're filling in you know was was it a good few weeks a bad few weeks they had whatever but um dude go watch plus one get on it bro all right i'm gonna have to watch that for sure um all right let's do the finished puzzle and we'll get into some closing thoughts here on palm springs uh finished puzzle includes groundhog day of course uh, La Jete, is that how you say it? Yes, Dave, your French is immaculate. Ah, thank you. Happy death day to you. Uh, Looper, Office Space, Russian Doll, Passengers, Primer, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Jesse and Celeste Forever, I Love You Man, and Plus One. 
So that is our finished puzzle list. Of course, a lot of time loop movies in there, a couple sci-fi, a bunch of romantic comedy. Uh, I, I think this movie is really something special. I mean, it, it, to do something so original and unique with two very kind of tried and true genres and and still make it stand out is is pretty impressive. Also, uh, this is something that's been a trend this year, this very strange movie year, uh, it being a first-time director, uh, Max uh, Barbacow, his first time doing a feature, and we've been getting a lot of these great uh, first-time features this year, which I think is great. We really have, and they're really kind of getting to showcase on the streamers aren't they or the vod's obviously we know the situation with theaters but um i think this would have been how they would have been showcased anyway like this is probably mm -hmm. the future for these kind of first-time filmmakers um and kind of getting those smaller more independent-minded projects out there what real quick uh correction dave it's celeste and jesse forever that's on me i reversed it not you the heat's off you baby you're you're absolutely fired from this show, Jason. Um, what are we gonna do with you? Uh, I fixed my mistake. I feel like I should still be able to be on the show. As if I can't just edit this and and fix it for you. <laughs> well, hey man, hey, I, I took care of it anyway. But yeah, yes, no, this did. was a good one. This was um one of those Sundance movies that I was looking forward to seeing, and we're in a time now where like it's uh you know. July 10th was the big on-demand release day, right? Maybe that, that will be a future of movie events as opposed to like, you know, we covered Independence Day on uh, the 1996 season of Awesome Movie Year and it was like, you had to be there July 2nd, right? Maybe that, maybe they'll just bombard us like, oh, four new streamer releases on all these platforms the same day and like you can kind of work up this excitement in that way for it. That's that's an interesting approach. Although uh, when I'm uh, presented with too many options, sometimes I just sit there and play on my phone instead. But that's just me, and they're never going to make me happy if theaters aren't open. So, well, Dave, uh, at least you got to enjoy this movie. And that's I'm right. sorry that uh, of all the people in the world, um, clearly you've suffered the most since the pandemic started because the movie theaters aren't open. I'm picturing myself stuck in a time loop with you, and how how that would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jason, do you have another movie you watched recently during this pandemic that you'd like to uh, recommend to our listeners? Oh, are we just doing movies or are we doing any pieces of art, Dave? I suppose you could do some other form of art if you really, really must. Okay, because I have a movie if you want me to do a movie and I'll save a piece of art for something else. Why don't you do both? I'll okay. Both. Okay. So talking about the pandemic... And if you listen to Awesome Movie Year, we we do reference that I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan a lot. Mm. But Bruce Springsteen has been doing these DJ sessions on E Street Radio that are incredible. They're like he's talking about like the mood of the country, the things that are affecting us, and he's playing music that emotionally encapsulates those feelings. Whether it's you know the strife of the working man, not being able to see your loved ones, the things you miss. And in between, he's just telling stories like as Bruce Springsteen. And like, it's just like the most pleasurable, like the best DJ sessions I've ever heard. On July 4th, I feel like he, uh, they put out one. It was him and little Steven and Southside Johnny. And they did like a whole history of the Jersey Shore rock sound with horns from, uh, and it was like, oh, you made a radio show specifically for me. How nice, you know? So, <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I know that's a really specific thing, but like what we're looking for are ways artists can 
affect um and present their art in this time and mm -hmm. you can tell this dude is just so hungry to be out there again he's got a hungry heart dave to get out he there sure again and um just perform for like 20 30,000 people at a time but like he's really really as always found a way to connect with his audience in a really unique way you know speaking of artists finding a way to uh connect with with their audience I'm planning on previewing my new uh, Music by David Rosen album through a live stream while I clean my studio. I'm going to do that probably next week. So, so do we watch you clean your studio while we Yeah, because I have no video content to go along with it. So it's just going to be me cleaning the studio while you're listening to the new songs. So. So, so let's get a few things here. One, you didn't acknowledge any of the art that I just had mentioned. You just brought it you back know to I, You know I love the boss. So I, I think that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Two, like, um, I mean, is this going to be an OnlyFans thing? Do we have to pay to subscribe <laughs> to see you do what you're going to do? So, if I could figure out how to set up an account, maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, three, um, you're okay. I support it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. What's the movie you want to recommend? You know, I do want I... to hear about a movie you liked. Lately. Okay, I just watched this. Um... The other day, like yesterday, it just came out on Netflix. Um, it's called A Kid from Coney Island. If you're a basketball fan, it's about Stefan Marbury. And it's so specific to how important basketball culture is to New York City um, hmm. that it's really interesting. And the way they tell it is really interesting. And Stefan Marbury's story is crazy. Like, I don't know what you know um, about him, but I think you would, even if you're not a basketball fan, like this kid was like, one of these like superstars in New York as a high schooler, right? Which, you know, basketball mecca. And he goes to the NBA, he gets this reputation as like a, a bad teammate and a troublemaker, even though overall he had a pretty good career. And then um, he's basically run out of the NBA. So he goes, whatever, I'm going to go to China and play. And he wins some championships and like they build a statue there. He's like, uh, he's <laughs> the biggest thing in China. Like he, he had to go all the way to the other side of the world to like reclaim himself, you know? So it's yeah. really interesting. And, um, you know, what I look for is the specificity and the point of view in documentaries a lot of the time. And I really felt like this really honed in on the importance of basketball and hip hop culture to New York in the nineties. And, um, it just made me want to go down that wormhole and watch as much as I could about those subjects. It sounds really cool. It sounds like a really interesting story, really unique. Um, but yeah, that sounds great. Uh, why don't you tell people where they could find Awesome Movie Year and everything else you're up to? Cool. You're not going to give me a movie rec back or what? I don't, I don't, I don't do that. That's not okay. how it works. All right. Well, that's <laughs> nice of you. Awesome Movie Year, produced by Mr. David Rosen. Hooray. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can find that, obviously, wherever you find your podcasts. AwesomeMovieYear.com has the RSS feed. We're at Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. I'm Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. J, uh, J Harris Comedy on Twitter. My website, Go For Jason, is a real disappointment. <laughs> but eventually it'll be something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I believe you and I look forward to that. Day. You know, if look, you, have you ever looked at the site? Uh no, I haven't. Even though I hear all these things, I it it sounds it sounds amazing, quite frankly. Yeah, it's really um, not that bad. It's just yeah. got a bunch of mishmash of different like 
artistic endeavors that I've, uh, you know, whatever done that are just, it needs to be organized and really kind of like streamlined, but mm-hmm. it's got content. It's just, you know, I'm, I know it could be better. Well, I, I, I look forward to checking it out and I look forward to your next time on piecing it together, Jason. Hey Dave, I always have fun on this show. I always, uh, bust your chops on a, mm-hmm. a awesome movie year, but Hey, you're, you're number one in uh, the hearts and minds of all of us as a producer of podcasts. As a person, I got you about 17th. Five, four, three, two, one. That's how we do it at the Fivecast. Hi, I'm Tyler, one of the fantastic hosts of the Fivecast podcast along with Ben Pearson. Each week we turn the listicle culture of the internet on its head to compile intricately prepared top five lists. For your enjoyment. If wasting time talking about pop culture is your thing, we have movies. I had a really a soft spot in my heart for Batman Forever. Music. Moon Age Daydream, oh yeah. Guess. Was considering putting the Stone Cold Stunner in there. But uh, you can check it out. There's 64 names. They get voted on by the masses until there's uh, only one name standing. And Schwarzenegger movies. You son of a bitch. And just type in five cast. That's the number five cast. And we'll see you real soon take five all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation about palm springs if you haven't seen it yet definitely go check it out it is a very fun movie and thank you to jason harris for being here like i said at the top of the show awesome movie year is about to enter its fifth season moving backwards to the year 1977 kicking it off with the biggest box office of the year which of course is the original Star Wars. It's a fun episode. Uh, it's it's hard to uh, find new things to talk about with Star Wars, but I think the guys did a really good job. I think it's a really great episode. So check that out, and also check out the Patreon that I mentioned. We've got two bonus Awesome Movie Year episodes, which will eventually hit the main feed, but for now they're going to be exclusive over on Patreon until we decide to put those up for everyone else. And we're planning on recording more Patreon exclusive content soon for Awesome Movie Year, for piecing it together, and for All Rice No Beans, which is back. Uh, you know, things are still a little crazy in the world of the entire world, of everything going on in the world, and who knows what's going to happen with restaurants and everything, but uh, restaurants are generally back open with various degrees of social distancing and all that, and now that things are kind of back to a semi-semi-normal, we have been able to bring All Rice, No Beans back. So check out new episodes of All Rice, No Beans out now, and we're hoping to just keep that going as long as we can. So check out All Rice, No Beans, check out Awesome Movie Year. While you're at it, also on the All Points West Network, check out Bird Road and Entre Dos. There's lots of podcasts to check out. And a uh, quick plug... Over on the Patreon, I recently released an exclusive new album of my music. It is a bunch of bonus tracks from the album Beater, which is my most recent album, which is a compilation of music I've done for films. So this is some extra tracks. It's already a 36-track album, so it's another 10, uh, which felt like a bit much for one album. So I saved them for the Patreon 
So you can get those by being a patron uh, or check out the main Beater album over on Spotify, iTunes, any of those places. And uh, as always, you know, thanks so much for the support. You can uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Check out all the rest of my music on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. And if you ever want to join me for an episode of Piecing It Together, get in touch. I would love to have you on the show. Plenty of movies on the way that are going to need to be covered. I'm always looking for new people. So let's close this thing out with a piece of my music, as I always do. And I was going to play something from that beater bonus tracks, but to be honest, all the stuff that I cut is kind of, kind of downer, dark stuff, and that doesn't really fit for a movie like Palm Springs. So instead, I'm going to go back to my first album, Echoes in the Dark, and play a track called A Thousand Years. This is a lot more upbeat. So let's close it out with a thousand years and we'll be back with more piecing it together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.